Yeah, I had to switch them. It didn't work on the first USB. You might even say that this laptop is cursed. Haunted. Or cursed. Haunted. You might even say <laughs> this laptop is haunted. Yeah, you could say that. Do you want to tell people what podcast this is? This is the Sister Luna Podcast. Haunted. <laughs> it sounds really intense when you say it in that voice. Normally I'm just like, and you're like, Sister Luna Podcast. <laughs> well, is that you do me? Yeah. I sound like a bro when you do it. I sound like a bro when you do it. Yeah, when you do like a male accent, you add like like 10 to 20% surfer onto it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just out here with my dick and I, you know, got dr- drive a car and See, have a skateboard. That's, that's what I'm saying is, <laughs> is you yourself do not have a surfer accent. Nor do any of the men that you know. But when you do a male <laughs> accent, you're, uh... Have you ever seen Vampire's Kiss with uh, Nicolas oh, Cage? No, I haven't. I'm talking about early Nicolas Cage. Okay, okay, okay. The turbo acting. All the turbo acting. This is, like, the earliest case that you can point to for him turbo acting. I like the idea of Nicolas Cage as, like, Dracula, though, because that's pretty, like... I want to suck your blood! How do I just... This movie is basically... It's basically the plot of American Psycho. But instead of American Psycho envisioning himself to be a serial killer... Nicolas Cage is envisioning that he's a vampire? But he's still American Psycho. But also, through the whole movie, he is, like... Putting on this this effective accent that is surfer vampire, literally yes. <laughs> it's like British vampire mix. Like it's halfway between British vampire and surfer. Wow. Who's the... oh well well. <laughs> well you sound like Keanu Reeves. I can't wait to suck <laughs> your blood. Maybe that's who I'm basing my male voice on, Keanu Reeves. Maybe that's my uh, like yeah, my mind's idea of what a man sounds like. Keanu means clear running water. That's nice. It is nice. He's a nice person. <laughs> I like the meme of him being sad on the bench. Oh. I mean, I'm not happy that he's sad, but I think it's like that meme demonstrates demonstrates him being a nice person right you know like that's the format of the meme anyways <clears throat> i almost just said do you think there's a haunted meme but there for sure is yeah dog most of them dog dot jpeg yeah i don't know that one. Oh, it's like supposedly an image of like a dog whose mouth is really big like his jaw mm. is like unhinged and it's really big yeah but it, if you see it you like die or whatever yeah it's kind of like uh go c dot cx you actually die if you see that one though <laughs> part of you yeah your innocence dies yeah so today we're talking about haunted objects if you enjoy this podcast you can do <laughs> some things you can go to no don't do that <laughs> well, don't... oh yeah okay no. first of all never do anything john says 
because he is always gaslighting you. <laughs> Second of all, always listen to me. Well, not always. Listen to what I have to say and then make your own decisions about <laughs> my suggestions. My first suggestion is follow us on social media. Like, for example, on Instagram at Sister Luna Podcast. If you're interested in what the images are, if there are any that we're looking at, or I don't know, you just want like a picture of John in a tiny witch hat, you know, after listening to an episode, then just go have a look and they're all over there. Um, point of order. What? Uh, well, you're, you're no. telling them like, hey, if you want to know the thing that we're looking at, I've referenced goats twice we're not putting goat seek literally okay, get taken down important to, for our audience to know oh for fuck's sakes we will not refer you to that why does sean literally try to start a fight at the top of every <laughs> single episode if you want to see goatsy refer to your worst relative you interrupted me while i was trying to do all the plugs and that was rude and i don't appreciate it second of i think all, it was important though we can you can email us at sisterlunapodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, concerns. Truly, if you just, like, have a question and you want advice, anonymous submission, like, I won't say your name, just, like, tell me the question and we can answer it on the air. That'd be fun. Or off air. Yeah, I guess. Sure. You're a reader. That's true. Yeah. And then... If you really like us, then you can also do a huge favor for us by liking and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. I know most of our listeners are on Spotify, and there's no system for like reviewing shit on there. Um, I also use Spotify, so no shade, but it's really helpful if you if you do that little chore for your podcast that you like as like a nice favor to them. Because Apple podcast rankings is the only thing that really matters. I know Spotify gave like a hundred million to Joe Rogan and then like like twenty-five million to the Call Me Daddy. I'm sorry. What? That that's the name of a podcast lady. Okay. You gotta call her daddy. I don't know what that is, but what's your point? I don't care. What's your point? What's our Spotify deal? We don't have one. So, listeners, get us a Spotify deal. <laughs> I would... I need a fraction of what Joe Rogan does. I'd be very happy with, like, yeah, 1% of that. If we started, like, giving a platform to Nazis, oh. then we would probably have lots more listeners, just like Joe Rogan does. I give a uh, platform to Joe Rogan. Why? Why not? If, you want, if Joe Rogan wants to come on our podcast, I'll, uh, he's <laughs> not a Nazi. True, I guess. He I just, guess. He's just going to be like, have you guys ever done DMT? Yeah. And then we could do DMT with him. No! I'm not doing research chemicals with Joe Rogan. Also, that's never going to be an option in the first place. But even but if it were. If it does. Absolutely not. Hey. No fucking way. Don't put up the barrier just yet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait for the offer. Someone help me, please. I swear. You're such a good fiance, but you're an awful podcast co-host sometimes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Focus. Yep. 
focus. There's yes. a minimum one lightly benevolently haunted object in the room with you right now. What is it? Uh, chair. Chair? What? No, White not chair. the haunted chair. No, 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 not that. In this room that we're in. Oh. Get to her? No. I mean, maybe. That was given to my mom by a friend of hers who then died pretty promptly after in a car accident. Books. It's closer to you than the any of that is. Books? No. Closer to you than the books. Chest. No. Beyonce. I'm wearing it. Ring. Yes. <laughs> My engagement ring. Did you buy this for me from like Zales or something? No, I wouldn't spend money on that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I would have, but I thought it would be more meaningful to pass on the stones of my grandma. Testicles? No. Diamonds. But you phrased that really weird. I... Pass on the stones of my grandmother. Oh, if you're the it one that invites... It sounds invite... like you either... Oh, maybe you have like a weird chest, like you, a velvet no, lined chest. No, you're the weird, weird one. Like, you're the crystals? one that like started this conversation. It's, John gave for. me a ring family <sighs> heirloom. You're high? I'm hot. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that explains a lot. <laughs> My kid. Please don't. Um, okay, so I, after you gave this to me, like the first few weeks, I was having that feeling that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with of like, you just feel like there's someone in the room with you and no one's there. You feel like someone's looking at you and you are like, turn your back and... Hmm. That kind of thing. And then uh, one day I was getting it a lot in the morning and I was making breakfast. And this is in the old place. And the countertops are literally like round on the edges, you know? Yeah. There's no lip. There's nothing. It's literally rounded. And I put some eggs on the counter. And one of them started to roll when I was like on the other side of the kitchen. Yeah. And I turned because I was going to try to catch it before it fell. And it literally stopped dead at the edge of the counter. Like as if someone put their hand down to mm. like stop it. Yeah. And I literally said out loud to the empty room, Grandma? <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> you just saved my egg? And I felt like she was like checking it out. She's like, who's this bitch with my ring on? What's Yeah going on here but she must have approved because she saved my egg i mean she, so, she could have thrown it at me i assume yeah instead <laughs> so as you said before today we are talking about objects not just any objects oh what kind of objects haunted ones haunted i'm sorry what the fuck was that haunted <laughs> haunted haunted okay the first thing I thought of after I came up with this idea beyond my own ring is, I mean, that's what gave me the idea, mm. the ring. But then when I started thinking of other haunted objects, the first one I thought of is a painting, haunted painting, called The Hands Resist Him. Okay. Do you want to see it before I start telling about it? Or do you want to start forming a mental image and then look at the real painting after Ooh, what's scarier? 
I don't know. Probably your imagination, but this painting is pretty scary. Probably imagination is the least scary. I, I don't know. Then I might be disappointed by the actual painting. Yeah, but you can have a, your whatever reaction you have okay. is a valid one. Yeah, let, let's hear it first. And then <laughs> okay. Because that's also the experience the listeners will have. They'll hear it and then they'll see it, probably, unless they've already seen it before. Right. So the painting is of the artist Bill Stoneham at age five. The doorway is a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy and impossibilities. While the doll is a guide that will escort the boy through it. The titular hands represent alternate lives or possibilities. So this painting was exhibited um, in 1970 and purchased by John Mullaney, who you may know from his role in The Godfather as the guy who gets a horse head put into his bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he bought it at the original showing. But then it randomly turned up by a dumpster outside of a brewery in California. It was found by an elderly couple. Huh. And they posted it on eBay and it became known as like the eBay haunted painting and it kind of went viral. Like the eBay listing was viewed 30,000 times. Wow. Yeah. And on the listing, the people who were selling it, they said where they found it, that they found it like by the dumpster. And they... <laughs> said that the characters move during the night like they're listening oh, that's it it? as haunted no that, I'm not done I'm not oh, done okay. but imagine the hands moving around like a painting of just a bunch of hands like grasping okay. at you I, I mean I still haven't seen the painting so. do you want to look at it now? yeah let's, let's do it oh no <laughs> oh that's so much worse than what I was picturing <laughs> So, <laughs> I think that's actually like a weirdly cropped version too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, should I? I should probably describe this. For, I mean, like, look it up. What's the name? The hands resist him. The oh, we're gonna post it on the Instagram. Yeah. So you can go see it there. There it is. Look at our Instagram, but full one. If you haven't yet. Those hands. Imagine them moving around at yeah. night. You get up to get a drink of water, and now the hand is pointing at you. Or it's basically, there's a girl that looks like a porcelain doll and a boy that looks like a young Walton Goggins. <laughs> he does look like Walton Goggins. <laughs> and he's got, yeah, like, he, he's got, like, a neutral expression, hands at his side... And, like, yeah, very, both of them very creepy, like, sky blue outfits with, like, high socks and shoes. Um, you haven't even described the window. Does she have a gun? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Let's just jump to that part because that's really funny. <clears throat> Okay, so the people who had the eBay listing claimed the characters left the painting at night as well and entered the room. Right. And that the little girl had a gun. Yeah, I mean, she does. Yeah. She has a gun in the painting. (laughs) Photographs that were said to be evidence of an incident in which the female doll character threatened the male character with a gun. (laughs) 
that she was holding, causing him to attempt to leave the painting. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, get out of my painting, motherfucker. Um, But the artist insists that it's not a gun and that it's instead a battery and some wires. What? (laughs) That's what he said. But, uh, okay. This is a horrific object. I hate it. I don't want to be involved with it anymore. Um, okay, well, I'm not done talking about it, so cover your ears, I guess. <clears throat> okay, uh, all right. Some people claimed that simply viewing the photos of the painting made them feel ill or have unpleasant experiences. That's what you kind of just said. I did not enjoy looking at you, it. Did, would you say you had an unpleasant experience? Yes. Okay. Stoneham recalls that both the owner of the gallery in which the painting was first displayed and the art critic who reviewed it died within one year of coming into contact with the painting. <sighs> the starting bid on eBay was one ninety nine, and it sold for ten twenty five, not ten like one thousand twenty five. Hmm. And then I wrote, I miss the early days of the internet when you could just like go viral and have 30,000 people look at your eBay listing because there was only like three things you could look at on the internet. Right. <laughs> I feel like shit that goes viral now goes way higher. It does, but like it's so much harder to be the one thing that goes viral. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to hear next about the Duca box? Or Annabelle. How, why do these objects have be haunted? Well, they all have their own story. That's what I just said. Okay, so there's not like an overarching. Or yeah, they're all haunted. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Haunted objects, that's the theme. That's the parameters. Okay, but we're, we're talking about specific ones. Well, yeah. Well, then. How else? Lay yourself back and let me tell you about the Isla de las Muñecas. Okay. Okay. This is the island of the dead dolls. The island exists in Xomilco. What's that? It's basically a small, like, municipal region, kind of on the outskirts of what is now Mexico City, but is, like, part of, like, what would have been the Mexico City, like, greater metropolitan area. It's the Surrey of Mexico City? Kind of, yeah. But, like, more so, like, it was very much like a, uh, like, it was it was where they grew crops for the city. An because agricultural center? It was an agricultural center because it was all canals. It was all these tiny little, like, man-made islands um, that were all, yeah, it was all canals. It was, it was, everyone had, like, all these farmers had their own plots that were on their own, like, tiny little islands. Weird. And it's still like this. It's still. That's high-level antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Like, no, I you have my love own it. island. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is very cool still. And. One of these islands, it was basically like, you know, as the city was modernizing, this little girl was on the island. She fell off. She drowned. And her doll remained on the island. 
and the owner of the island could hear her saying, Where's my doll? <laughs> Where's my doll? What's her name, you know? I do not know her name. I was just curious. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, it says Santana Barrera. Oh, and the girl. It says whether she was real or not. So the girl that you just described who fell into the bank yeah. like of the maybe not real status. Yeah, no, and for sure like that was a who knows. What is definitely real is that the owner of the island took that memory, whether it is real or not, and created this history of like mm-hmm. she lost her doll. And so we hang up dolls on this island, and the entire island is full of these creepy fucking dolls. And, like, it's all, like, at this point, it's, it's like, the, the idea of it has outpaced the actual haunting. And so they, like, make it look explicitly creepy. But... If we are to believe the original history, then the doll was put up there as protection. Protection? I thought it was out of, like, respect for the girl who lost it. Yeah. Protection from the ghost. Oh, like, protection from her. Yeah, and protection and respect. It's that they wanted her to find her doll, and they didn't want her or any spirits to hurt them. Right. So there's all these creepy little dolls all over the island. And you went there, right? I do go there. And how was that? I loved it. It was creepy. You would love it. <laughs> Ew. Why does it look so dead? Why do all the dolls look weird? Like, why isn't it just a normal doll? It's like a doll who someone sharpied out the eyes. Uh, because... Mexico's pretty goth. <laughs> That's true, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, like, explicitly in that case, like, the dolls were put up to ward off evil spirits. Like, as creepy as they look and, like, as horrifying as the island looks, they're there to avoid that. Right. Yeah. Not really, though. Like, they're there to be and like creepy. I think that is a uh, it's hard to be too universal with this but that is kind of a common thing with Latin America where like they're a little closer with like death imagery and it's always in the interest of like appeasing the dead and not dealing with them. Well the in, like, Victorian era, people were way more chill about death, too. Like, they'd have a memento yeah. more, or they'd, like, take pictures of dead people, like, propped up in a chair, weakened at Bernie's style, and, like, keep it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's true. Also true in Latin America, there's a uh, a restaurant I went to in Mexico City that, where they had, like, a table set up for the dead. They put food on it? Uh, not normally, no, but they had it all set in, like, that one glass. Hmm. Okay, you want box or doll? Should we stick with the doll theme? 
I get this, yeah. I feel like of haunted objects, that's like probably a lot of them are dolls. Yeah. Have you seen the episode of Amish Haunting where the girl gets given a doll that is like a normal looking doll and then everybody spazzes out because it has a face? And then they like insist that because she got a doll with a face, she's now like possessed by the devil and they send her away to boarding school and she's oh like nine God. years old. Yeah. And then she comes back and she's all like depressed and they're like, she's still de- possessed. And like her dad buys her a pony, but her dad is the one who just sent her to boarding school and she's like, fuck you, dad. And he's like, possessed. No. Anyways. The only Amish television show I've ever seen is in. Uh, the one where they do Rumspringa. Oh, yeah. Okay. The history of Annabelle. Do you know who Annabelle is? Are you seen? Have you seen the movie? I'm aware of the movie. So the real Annabelle is not a doll like the Annabelle doll in the movie. It's like a Raggedy Ann doll. Okay. What the fuck are you doing all the way over there? Mm-hmm. Sir. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't just bite your butt. We're trying to make a podcast. Yeah. Why are you laying down? See, that's why we can't record on the couch. You get too comfortable. <laughs> you get... It's way too hot on that bed floor. At least you can't lay all the way down. Nope. Well, you're the one wearing your underwear. It's hot, you just said. Why really? do I need pants when it's 35 degrees out? Really? Yeah, keep talking. Jesus, you just knocked over your water, you galoot. I'm basically going to just read off of this dummies.com article by the guy from the Ghostbuster show, Zach Beggins. What? Zach Beggins. Okay, I don't Ghostbuster show. It's literally, he's from a ghost show. Oh. Yeah, they like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is a movie. I mean the show about ghostbusting. Yeah. Okay. Ghost Hunters. Right. Okay. You said Ghostbusters. The history of Annabelle remains a bit of a mystery, but we do... What do you mean, oh Jesus? Oh. You said Ghostbusters. Okay, you meant Dan Aykroyd, who believes in ghosts. So the original Annabelle, Raggedy Ann doll, was given to a nursing student named Donna by her mother in 1970. And my first question is... What kind of person gives an adult woman a Raggedy Ann doll as a gift? Right. If she's a nursing student, that means she's in university. Yeah. So why is she receiving a doll, a Raggedy Ann doll at that? Not like a collectible porcelain doll or something weird, but just a fucking doll. It's hard to litigate the 70s. (laughs) I feel like everything was so fucked up back then. Well, within days, Donna and her roommate noticed that the doll appeared to change positions when no one was looking. That feels like something I would do to my roommate. Fuck around with their doll? Yeah, I'd like move in and be like, whoa, what the fuck? The doll's over there now. Oh, especially if, like, yeah, your your friend's adult mom showed up with a regular doll. Adult mom is kind of an odd, like, that's, of course her mom is an adult. If your adult friend's mom, there you go. Showed up with. <laughs> um, s- seemingly moving around under its own power, a psychic told them that the doll was possessed by the spirit of Annabelle Higgins, a little girl who had died under mysterious circumstances, and that psychic was full of shit because. Oh. 
The spirit apparently claimed that she only wanted to be loved, and Donna felt sorry for Annabelle, and the roommate also felt sorry, supposedly, and so therefore um, they gave the spirit of this girl permission to remain within the doll, and then they started treating her like a little girl instead of just a doll. That was nice. A short time later, though. Oh. The doll, or rather, the spirit inside of it, attacked a friend of Nana's, and they contacted a priest. The Mm. priest contacted the Warrens, who declared that Annabelle Higgins was not a spirit, but a demonic entity possessing the little girl. Sorry, not possessing the little girl. Posing as the little girl. Hmm. The doll ended up with them, and it was locked away in their museum for safekeeping, blah, blah, blah. But so that means that that psychic either, like, just made some shit up or they got fooled by the spirit also. Either way, they fucked up. You know what I'm saying? What do you think is more likely? Mm, Probably the former. Yeah, like, psychics making shit up. Seems fairly common. Unfortunately. But I wouldn't say that they're psychics if that's yeah, the yeah, case. Yeah, you know, like just grifters. Peop- like, yeah, grifters, people, yeah. people, jerk, jerk people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I watched this episode, I'm pretty sure, actually, on TV when it first aired. Um, Tony Spira brought his, Annabelle's current owner, brought her to Las Vegas for a special episode of Ghost Adventures. I remember that they like had a whole part before they showed her where they were like, we have to put a disclaimer. If you watch this next part, you might die. Annabelle. Mm. <laughs> um, I was aware that Annabelle was said to be so evil that she was kept locked in a case and handled only with gloves and holy water and for less than a minute at a time. It was said she was even responsible for harming people and even killing one visitor to the museum. When Tony Spira agreed to let Annabelle out of her case and brought in the doll, we were all warned not to touch her. But as she was placed in the middle of the room, something drew me to her. I touched Annabelle. All the people watching the show saw me do it. And as did Tony, who got angry and put her back in the case, warning me that I was in danger. He says he became very sad for no reason at all, and he believes that Annabelle was manipulating him into a trance. Mm. He didn't want to touch her, but felt compelled to do so. He wishes he had not done it, because touching her led to many strange events, and it was a dangerous thing to do. What do you think, John? Would you touch the Annabelle doll? No, I would not touch the Annabelle doll. Sounds bad. It's just a doll, though, maybe. No, why why do I need to touch a thing? Maybe you're an adult that wants to own a Raggedy Ann doll for some reason. But I don't. Okay. Um, what about a Dibbuk box? A Dibbuk box? Yeah. There are very few things that I ever feel that I need to touch. Really? You're not a tactile person? My ass is not on that list, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can keep my hands there. There's a movie about this one. I believe it's called The Possession or something. And it's just basically like a straightforward exorcism movie, except instead of a priest, it's a rabbi. Have we watched that? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm yeah. here for the young, hot rabbi. Right. Yeah. Okay, the Dybbuk box um, also Dybbuk came up for sale on eBay. It seems like there's a lot of eBay or like Craigslist um, haunted objects available for purchase. eBay is demonic. <laughs> the seller listed a vintage wine cabinet that came from the estate of a woman who survived World War II in a concentration camp. The seller, an antique dealer named Kevin Manis, claimed that the first owner's granddaughter was terrified of the box, warning him that her grandmother said it held a dybbuk. After buying the cabinet, he was plagued by a series of unfortunate events and recurring nightmares of an old hag that would brutally attack him, causing him to wake up with bruises on his body. He also experienced an overpowering stench of cat urine in his home. Do you have a cat? Yeah. Two boy cats that are fighting with each other. Um, tragically, his mother suffered a stroke while opening the box. Not surprisingly, he decided to get rid of it. And there's a picture. Mm-hmm. Dybbuk cabinet. But like a Dybbuk is like a Dybbuk box or cabinet is literally you use a box to like trap a entity. Right. So, so you're definitely not supposed to fucking touch it or like open yeah. it or anything. <laughs> You know, throw it in the ocean, really. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Okay. The box eventually ended up in the hands of Missouri Medical Museum director Jason Haxon, who was skeptical about the powers attributed to the box. Of course, he's a medical guy. He's like a science nerd. He's not going to believe that. Yeah. But soon, he changed his mind. Uh-oh. After acquiring the box, he began to experience a series of medical maladies, including bleeding eyes. Hate that. And strange rashes. But yeah. bleeding eyes. Like, don't Jesus. Want, don't want a strange rash. Don't want my eyes to bleed. I mean, I feel like I could deal Hard with the rash, maybe. In fact, I have a strange rash on my arm tattoo right now. <laughs> it's just weird. It's going away. But it was there, and I wasn't like, oh my god, a spirit is attacking me. But if one day I woke up and my fucking eyes were bleeding, I'd be yeah. like, um, <laughs> what? Okay. Um, he eventually became so unnerved by the box that he reached out to scientists and rabbis. He's getting a second mm. opinion, if you know what I mean. Um, who instructed him to build a wooden ark lined with 24 karat gold, place the box inside, and bury it in the ground. Thank goodness. It seems excessive. Like, why does it need to be lined in gold? I would like to know. I'm curious. Is that like the tinfoil of ghosts? Like tinfoil is to aliens as gold is to ghosts? I mean, yeah. (laughs) The box was opened during the time that it was owned by this doctor fellow. He retrieved it from the burial site for a special appearance on this author's television show, Deadly Possessions. Why would you do that? Sir, Zach, getting fucking deadly baggins. possession and then go on the deadly possession show. No, why would you dig up the like haunted possessed box and be like, yeah, let's take it out of the thing that the rabbi told me to make and like put it on TV? Okay. Fun. Um. <laughs> anyways, so um. Mr. Baggins arranged to have the box placed in a containment room so that Kevin Manis, 
the previous owner, could confront his fears about the box. That's honestly, that's pretty good television producing. I'm not going to lie. Good job, you guys. When he opened it, he found the contents were intact. He opened it? Yeah. There was a dried rose, two coins from the 1920s, a small gold kiddish wine goblet, two locks of hair, an octopus-legged candle holder called a Shabbat, and an engraving of the word Shalom in... Ugh. Yep. You fucked up. Hair? Whose hair is it? Oh, God. Looking good. I hate hair. Like, yeah. when it's not attached. So he opened the... It, that's what was in it? Yeah. Um, when Kevin opened it, the lights in the building started to flash. Strange <sighs> sounds were heard. And strangest of all, Kevin turned to face a wall. And he no. got a very weird expression on his face. That? That's very Blair Witch of him. Yeah. His voice changed and he started to recite a story about a shadow man. He then started speaking in tongues and making bizarre whistling sounds. Hmm. He, <laughs> he was sweating profusely and began to cough uncontrollably. Uh-oh. Early COVID. <laughs> Just kidding. That was like probably in the 2000s. Yeah, like 2005 or something. Okay. Um, Mr. Baggins, Mr. Zach Baggins, I don't know why I think that's just a funny name. I'm imagining, like, a hobbit named Zach. It's just very yeah. fun. Hey, I'm Zach Baggins. Yeah. It's like, you know, all I want to do is, like, rollerblade around the Shire. Yeah. And, like, smoke some good pipe weed. When is Gandalf coming? He's got the good pipe weed. Exactly. Yeah. That's who the voice I'm doing is this like fictional skateboarder hobbit that we yeah. just <laughs> when I do a man voice, I mean. Okay. So he purchased the Dybbuk box and he placed it on display at the Haunted Museum. The Haunted Museum. <sighs> yep. Because of the sinister nature of the box, only visitors over the age of 18 who have signed a waiver are allowed to see it. During the time that it has been on display, there have been people who have fainted, become dizzy, and even sick. Visitors have also witnessed a shadowy cloaked figure that had been passing directly through the closed doors of the room where it is on display. One of my tour guides has had her face shoved into the case that holds the box by an unseen force. Huh. That's terrifying. Oh! Yeah. So he says, first of all, he's name dropping hard because he says, my friend, singer songwriter Post Malone, visited the haunted museum. Yeah. Um, and they were together in the Dybbuk room, and he heard Post Malone heard the unmistakable. Oh, they both heard it. Sorry. Skateboard Hobbit and Post Malone both heard the unmistakable sound of a little girl's voice. Mm-hmm. Moments later, something began to affect us. This sensation prompted Zach to remove the protective case from the box. He claims something was telling him to open it. And I feel like that's especially when you should not open it. But, you know. I'm not a ghost hunter. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, after a very tense moment between Post, another name drop, and myself, I touched the box. I began to panic and scream, cry, and hyperventilate. <laughs> Understandably concerned, Post Malone, his good friend, reached out and touched his shoulder. When he did, Zach Baggins felt something pass through his body. When we left the museum, Post saw the dark shadow figure that so many people had encountered follow us out. See? That's why you don't open it. Like, the... The next day, he sent me a photo of a mysterious bruise that appeared on his arm. After his visit, he was involved in an emergency landing in his private jet. His car was involved in an accident. And armed robbers targeted a home in San Francisco that they believed to be his. And then he says, I believe that a curse from the box affected him in these events. (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Here's the thing. If you don't have enough, like, willpower to deny a ghost voice or spirit voice telling you to do something, you probably shouldn't own a haunted museum. (laughs) That's my, like, that's my takeaway from this. Maybe don't surround yourself with haunted objects that want to hurt you. If you can't hear a spirit voice in your head being like, open the box and be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Thanks for the suggestion. Goodbye. (laughs) Come on, Vegas. What are you doing? It's You think it's possible that he just thought, mm, this will be a good TV, I'm going to do it. But they weren't on TV at that time. Pretty I don't know. Nice. I mean, that is why he had it, was for good TV. I mean, it was safely buried in its golden ark, not able to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. fucking Zachary Baggins came along and was like, yo, let's dig that up and open it. Yeah. Let's definitely... T- Touch some old locks of hair that are inside and like put them in our mouth. Sister Luna says, Don't do what the spirits are saying to you to do when you're in the Devil Object Museum, you fucking dork. It's powerful instruction. Just don't open the box. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. The fuck. Don't do it. What's in the box? What's in the box? A dibic. Night, everybody.